Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Thursday, December 8th, 2022. I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the master of hype, Snowbike Mike, on a very special day. Today is the Game Awards. Game Awards Day. Baby. Time to get hype, time to have some fun with a massive presentation. Hype, bros. I'm feeling good about it, man. I'm feeling real good about tonight. You know, we'll, at the end of the show, we'll kind of go through our like final final thoughts as we okay. get ready for the game awards that are happening. Of course, right now, we're doing kind of funny games daily, a little later than normal. Normally, we do this show every single weekday on 10 a.m. on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can get it later as a VOD on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free though you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like some of our patreon producers delaney twining one up pest control brian cheney alex gradle jason l the nanobiologist Derek garrick donald eccles and jason l have done while i'm talking about patreon mike i have a a, a, some updates for us all right okay you weren't fully on the show yesterday you were on just uh just a little bit oh yes but, yes i was uh-huh but as bless and i were were hosting um with the chat there was some questions there was some write-ins there was some confusion okay about elliot the gluten-free gamer oh okay trying to uh, people were asking what's the story how, what's the uh, are they still gluten-free like what, oh. is there an origin to all this gotta get a check-in and in that we realized it's actually julian the gluten-free that gamer. is correct it's not elliot the gluten-free gamer yep but today I have a special update for everybody. Update. We had a write-in from Elliot himself. Julian. No, from Elliot. Elliot. (laughs) To be clear, still don't have an update from Julian. Okay, (laughs) okay. okay. But we do have an Elliot update, and it's not going to go the way you guys think. This is Elliot. I'm not Elliot the gluten-free gamer, but my best friend is gluten-free. I'm Elliot the Greg does a bad ET impression of. (laughs) I'm a dude in Rochester Rochester? Rochester. Rochester. Yep. Uh-huh. With two cats, best friends since 2013, podcast beyond Uncharted spoiler cast. I met the squad at RTX Austin and had them sign my Xbox One day one controller. Mike hosted Ooh. the event. And tweet from uh, Relicel66 where my profile pic is in front of the kind of funny smile, which I spray painted on the Austin wall of spray paint art. Cool Greg would be very proud. Yes. Witcher 3 is a better game than Breath of the Wild. Peace. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then... That's and crazy to say that. It is. It I mean, like I'm that. a Witcher 3 boy. Mm-hmm. Me and Kevin did jump into Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, like, I'll, I'll give him some that. love. But I'm a, I'm a Witcher 3 boy. I'm a Witcher 3 boy. Yeah. And then, Mike, there was another update. And it's deleted. And now I'm really sad. Damn it. I don't know why this happened. Another Elliot wrote in. Oh, okay. All right. Another Elliot, a.k.a. Mr. Evil. All right, Mr. Evil 37 writes in and says, I'm not the same Elliot, but there can only be one. We oh. must fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, Mr. Evil Elliot and Elliot, the um, graffiti Elliot, y'all better 
Mind your own business, okay? We're not trying to start any war on the, these kind of yeah. funny turfs. You know what I'm talking about? But Fight if they were out. to do war, mm -hmm. what would you make them do? You know, in a world of slap fighting championships, mm -hmm. uh, box, chess boxing, you know, YouTube boxing, what would you have these two square up in the, uh, you know, the squared circle and do? I, I would say hot dog eating contest. Oh, you know? okay. You know, I, but I don't know about speed. It's not about speed. Classic glizzy fest. Yeah. Who can glizz it up the most? Yep, he said that, and that's what you got. That's so. what it is, Elliot. <laughs> Welcome to the Glizzy Fest. Oh, you know what, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny. I really was saying that we're doing this show at a different time because it's Game Awards Day. So we're starting Games Daily at 1 p.m. Right after this, we're going to be doing streams of Mike and Nick playing something. Do you know yep. what yet? Uh, yeah, we're going to play Vampire Survivors, Who Can Last the Longest, and we're going to talk about Rush Hour 4, possibly in the works. Jackie Chan says... It's going down. Going right. down. I'm going yelling down. Kimber, everybody. I can't wait. Can't wait for all of that. Uh, and then we'll go right into it. 4.30, we're going to be doing the pre-show of the Game Awards. Yep. We're going to be doing the Game Awards. It'll be me, you, and Andy Cortez hanging out. Really can't wait for all that. Hoping for some fun today, Mike. Um, today we're brought to you by Shady Rays, Rocket Money, and Factor. But we'll tell you all about that later. Uh, for now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. <laughs> we have six stories today and one smoke machine. <laughs> uh, gonna gonna let, like set the the tone correctly today for set everybody. Set the tone for him, Tim. Strap in, y'all. It is it's a bummer day. All right, oh. like the whole first half of this show, a lot of bummer news, a lot of required reading type situations. We got the the Washington Post straight up popping off over there yes. um, with some of our first stories um, and some really sad stories, some stories that are um, exhausting to to get through. There's going to be a lot of me reading things here, so just just understand that. If you're looking for some more fun, wait till the later half of the show. All right, okay. I promise. Me and Mike are going to bring the fun. But starting it off with the exhausting one. Story number one, FTC sues to block Microsoft's acquisition of game giant Activision. This comes from Zat Zareski, sorry, Kat Zareski and Shannon Liao at the Washington Post. The Federal Trade Commission on Thursday sued to block Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of the video game publisher Activision Blizzard, charging that the massive deal would allow the Washington tech giant to suppress its competitors in gaming. The lawsuit represents the FTC's most significant effort to rein in consolidation in the tech industry since prominent tech critic Lena Khan became the commissioner's chair and was expected to usher in an era of antitrust enforcement characterized by a willingness to bring cases in court rather than pursue settlements with companies. The case signals a broader strategy at the agency to bring cases against deals that may pose competitive threats in the future, especially in nascent gaming markets. The lawsuit was issued at the same day that a trial began in San Jose in an FTC lawsuit against Facebook parent company Meta over its acquisition of the virtual reality company within. The agency has argued that if companies could be kept separate, they would push each other to develop more features and attract more users, benefiting competition in the future. The FTC lawsuit against Microsoft could foil the company's ambitions to become a heavier hitter in gaming frontiers. Activision is the owner of popular titles such as Candy Crush and Call of Duty, and its acquisition, acquisition could bolster Microsoft in its competition with Japanese console makers Nintendo and Sony. The commission voted Thursday on a party-line vote to issue the lawsuit in administrative court, with the three Democrats in favor of the complaint and one Republican against it. Microsoft has not seen such serious regulatory threat to its business in more than two decades when the Justice Department bought brought a landmark antitrust lawsuit against the company that ensnared in years of legal battles. 
After that case was settled in 2002, Microsoft had largely avoided the antitrust glare focused on tech rivals, including Facebook, Google, Apple, and Amazon, until their proposed acquisition, Activision acquisition, the largest deal in Microsoft's history. They make a note here that the Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, does own the Washington Post uh, because everyone's acquired by everyone at okay. some point. Good, uh, good note. Microsoft President Brad Smith signaled that the company would fight the lawsuit, saying in a statement that the company has, quote, been committed since day one to addressing competition concerns. While we believed in giving peace a chance, we have complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present our case in court, Smith said. Since announcing its intention to buy Activision in January, Microsoft has announced policies and arrangements intended to show regulators that the deal would not give it an unfair advantage in the gaming market or harm workers. On Tuesday, as it was apparent the agency was nearing a decision on the deal, Microsoft announced that it would bring the Call of Duty franchise to Nintendo Switch, a rival of Xbox. It previously had said it would make Call of Duty available on rival Sony PlayStation. The FTC moved to block the deal a day after Microsoft staff met with agency representatives to discuss the lawsuit, according to a person familiar with the meeting, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss a private meeting. Smith said that the company offered proposed concessions to the agency earlier this week. Microsoft has already shown that it can and will withhold content from its gaming rivals. Holly Vidova, the FTC's Bureau of Competition Director, said in a news release, Today we seek to stop Microsoft from gaining control over a leading independent game studio and using it to harm competition in multiple dynamic and fast-growing gaming markets. The European European Union announced last month that it had opened an inquiry into the deal warning that Microsoft may foreclose access to Activision's games. So that is a whole bunch, and again, go support the Washington Post, Shannon Liao, and Kat over there. Um, Mike, I'm happy I have you, the fir- foremost expert Woo. in all things legal. No, real talk. I mean, what, what? Any thoughts on this? I mean, Tim, that's that's a lot to break down. We're gonna take it nice and slow. Of course, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a small town pizza lawyer, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do my best. But no, truly, and honestly, shout out to the Washington Post. I think that is required reading if you're interested in this. And this is something that we've been talking about for months, ever since the announcement of this, of what could be and what will happen. I think we saw a little bit of the FTC coming into play and what could be with some foreshadowing last month of, hey, there's some rumblings that this could be blocked and we could be going to court with this whole proposed acquisition. And we saw it also out in the European or European area with the CMA of that having some conditions and a lot of conversations still going on to this day since last month. And it is tough. There's a lot to go on. And I am... Pleased to hear that Brad Smith and the team over at Microsoft are willing to go to court and fight for this, of course. We do know that Phil Spencer, Bobby Kotick over on the other side of Activision, they all believe that this will go through and they want this to go through. We've seen the concessions made, right? Hey, we want to put Call of Duty on all these platforms for X amount of years to ensure that everybody still has the games they want to play. It is an interesting line. Look at the ZeniMax deal, right? I think that is a pretty interesting one of what were the, Mm -hmm. hey, this is what we are laying out. This is what we're promising or it's what we're saying we're going to do. And it seems like, oh, maybe that didn't happen with the European side of things when the Zenmax deal went through and they took away Redfar and Starfield. And, of course, we talked about that beforehand. Paris made the iconic quote of you don't pay $7.8 billion to keep things non-exclusive. Well, maybe they did say, hey, we'll keep those games on there. Also, remember the kind of loophole strategy there was legacy titles yeah and then we saw where that went with those things so it is interesting there's so much to talk about here but this isn't a big surprise of course it is a uh i wouldn't say heartbreaking or disheartening one to see as an xbox fan before the holidays but it is something you kind of saw coming here and it is going to be interesting 
what happens in the courts and where do we stand months from now? Yeah, you know, again, I, I keep saying this. I'm already exhausted about this story. I've been exhausted about this story. But here, things are it's getting real. Like, th there's like a, a level of, uh, of public shaving going on here mm -hmm. that like we're all a part of and we're going to keep covering this as it continues but now now that it's getting to the the legit legal stage we're going to start getting more answers i think at a, at a rap more rapid pace than um i think we would have expected um but it's very clear that microsoft is not backing down yeah. like they are, are standing they believe what they're saying or at least they're presenting the way the fact that they do believe what they're saying and i still think that this ends with the deal going through at the end of the day i think it's going to be a a messy battle but i think that um phil and the team are are going to gonna gonna come out on top of this one yeah my gaming dads of course we talked about it yesterday on the x cast so we've talked about it for months now with this deal since the announcement of Will they, won't they, what will happen here? And we've seen some of the concessions, but we've also seen some very interesting conversations from Sony with points of view, with Microsoft. And it's been a lot of like, hey, we're going to take the high ground on some, but then also we're going to give you a slight right punch with some fun ones, right? Of like, Sony's afraid that this is going to be a blockbuster versus Netflix situation. And it's similar, it kind of is, right? We're taking X amount of exclusives or developers and we're going to put it on a platform and you're not going to be able to have that unless you jump on board with either our subscription service or you rise to the occasion, right? And I think you've seen Xbox with Game Pass and what they can do. Sony has tried to follow suit with what they will soon create. I'm sure you bet your bottom dollar that Sony will have a subscription service sooner than later in the coming five years to match up with you Xbox. Think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's the way of the gaming industry, right? This is the future of games here. We'll We're see. past spending $70 every single game for 10 games a year, right? A lot of families can't do that. The world has moved into a subscription-based service. And so now the video game is following suit, the video game industry. Xbox was just the first to jump on that. Sony will follow, of course. I'm not so sure. That's wild. Yeah, I, think I, they will. I don't, I'm not saying that like, I'm sure that they won't, but I, I, I don't think that that is a foregone conclusion uh, in the years to come because of the business model. I've said this a million times this generation, but it's the first time Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation have just been doing their own thing and forging their own paths. Yeah. And I feel that we're starting to see some of the, the fights happening of like the ramifications of the way that Xbox does business versus PlayStation. Nintendo's Nintendo. They're doing their own mm -hmm. thing. Um, but you're saying that the, the world's not prepared to keep paying $70 for 10 games a year. On the Xbox side, no jokes at all. There hasn't been 10 games Correct. a year. On the PlayStation, 10's a high number. Maybe high, not high quite number. 10. But we are getting a handful of games that millions of people are showing up to pay $70, right? But we <laughs> also have to titles. take into account third-party titles as well, right? Like, yeah. the average consumer, I would be interested to see the numbers roll back, right? If, if you are average Tom, Dick, and Sally, how many games are you truly purchasing, right? And what does that look like? Would they be willing, if you ask them point blank, would you sign up for a subscription service where three out of those five games are already in there for $15 a month, right? Like, I think we're moving in that direction, especially with the third-party partnerships we've seen from Microsoft, right? That makes it enticing. And it is very interesting. Now we talk about withholding games from other platforms, right? Of course, we can always do the tick-for-tat battle, right? We talk about Final Fantasy. Where's that at on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about Spider-Man DLC for Marvel's Avengers and how we all got uptight about that game. And, of course, no one ever played that six months later, but... Like, you talk about these little small moves of DLC, exclusive content, exclusive games, and now when Xbox and Microsoft seek to look out 
a pretty large chunk here. I mean, Activision Blizzard King is a massive oh, yeah. chunk of development. I mean, I, games. I think it's, it's a important. Big deal. It's important to note, and I know people listening to the show know this and understand it. But like, we keep talking about Call of Duty, but it's like, well, what about Overwatch? What about all of the other properties that they that Activision owns, all the way down to things like Crash Bandicoot and pro, like IP that aren't coming out with games every like year necessarily. And they're not like the same level of a call of duty, but they are still million seller titles, right? Yeah. Like there are very few developers or publishers out there that have 1 million plus selling franchise that they can rely on. Activision has at least 10 of them. Yeah. Right. So adding that to under the control of Xbox does dramatically change the industry and what that all looks like. But uh, when it comes to the streaming stuff, I just think that uh, it's it's still early in streaming being a, a concept, not just for video games, but even for, for music and movies, right? Where we've seen the internet digital shift. It happened first with music, then the movies. Now it's happening with games. There are still so many people out there that despite Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, HBO Max, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Peacock, Paramount Plus, all these streaming services services existing that are still renting or buying from iTunes or from Amazon, like the the new titles that are coming out, movies and TV shows I'm talking about. And I feel like that is a a huge part of the market, a huge part of the revenue coming in for those uh, titles. And I think that video games are going to function the same way, where I, I do think that the subscription service, no matter how high those numbers get, it will never fully take over the majority of uh, of how um, revenue is coming to to video games. Yeah, and it's interesting. That is the option that Microsoft has gone for to provide the gamers with an option of the way they want to play. And it was a really interesting point there of, you know, this deal might limit competition, right? It might start to squander competition between these, and that's why they want to keep them separate to force more competition. Microsoft and Sony have been competing this whole time. Microsoft has now started to go with a different route of cloud, console, the PC, the ecosystem itself, and what does that play a factor in with subscriptions and right to buy, like you just said, and that's their competitive edge that they have currently, and they're forcing Sony to either follow suit or make some different changes here, and it's interesting where we are now. Like you said, 10 years from now, who knows, who knows what we'll be doing. But it is fun to see. And the comments that will come out of this, right? I mean, we're heading into the holiday break. So it's not like tomorrow we're all of a sudden showing up for court here. But we will start to see Phil and the team over at Microsoft. Brad Smith, who's Brad ready Smith to throw fucking punches. Is, <laughs> right. This whole team over at Microsoft is ready to fight this in court and get it their way. And that's what they want. Will this still hit of what we talked about before? I believe Xbox and the team at Microsoft said that they were looking to close this by Q1 of next year. Does this impact that and push this further down the line where we might not see this happen sooner than later? It might be farther in the future. Yeah. Super interesting. We are going to keep you guys updated as we get updated on all of this stuff. Uh, but again, go check out um, the work that the Chan is doing over there because story number two also comes from Shan Leo from the Washington Post. Uh, Diablo 4 developers work long hours bracing for impending release uh, mismanagement and disturbing script changes contributed to delays workers say another long one strap it Activision Blizzard employees developing the upcoming dark fantasy action role-playing game Diablo 4 say it will be hard to meet a June 6, 2023 release date without working significant overtime in a process they say has been plagued by mismanagement the release date which has not been announced publicly, comes in the same month that Microsoft's proposed $68.7 billion acquisition is set to close. 
the company's incentivizing employees to crunch, an industry term referring to working late evenings and weekends outside of regular work hours by promising them perks some workers say are paltry. The best-selling Diablo series has not seen a new mainline installment since 2012, and fans have been eagerly anticipated the latest. Developers, in turn, have been afraid of disappointing gamers, and in interviews they described a beleaguered process of trying to meet a release date that feels unlikely without many hours of overtime or cut features. The release date's already shifted multiple times, they said. Fifteen current and former Blizzard employees spoke to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak publicly about company operations. They described a mounting sense of dissatisfaction and malaise among employees as they endured leadership changes at Activision Blizzard and on the Diablo 4 team specifically. The Diablo team has been losing talent for over a year as employees look for more competitive wages and better work conditions elsewhere, according to employees. One group of about 20 developers working on one portion of the game saw about half of its members leave within a year, according to two former employees. Blizzard did not comment on attrition on the Diablo 4 team. Last January, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick attributed the company's stock price to the game delay of Diablo in a venture interview rather than an ongoing sexual harassment lawsuit filed against the company in July of 2021. Quote, I think what affected the stock price more than the sexual harassment investigation is pushing out the release dates of Overwatch and Diablo. Explained that it was one of the reasons he was selling the company to Microsoft. His comments frustrated some of the company's developers who felt he was blaming them unfairly. Quote, we, felt ve- we very much felt like he just drove the bus over on top of us. Previously, it's ruined relationships I've been in where no one wants to date someone who barely has time for them months at a time, at least once a year, if not more, said a current Blizzard Albany employee who described often working 12-hour days. It's affected my health. It's affected my relationships, both familiar and romantic. It affects my ability to just enjoy things. Employees said the culture of the Diablo team was shaped at the top and that team leaders had trouble making decisions and standing by them throughout development. They described in some cases a siloed culture where it was hard to know what other people were experiencing. Um, Diablo 4 initially began development over five years ago under the leadership of director Louis Bariga alongside lead designer Jesse McCree. Uh, employee, employees described a sense of inertia as large parts of the game would be worked on and then revamped and decisions stalled out. A battle royale mode for the game was discarded early on. McCree and Bariga did not respond to a request for comment. Some employees attribute delays to McCree, who said they had a tendency to micromanage and a scattered approach to development. McCree would grow intrigued by different aspects of the game and then lose interest and hand it off to other people without finishing what he started. Employees said once McCree was fired in the wake of the company-wide lawsuit, after the initial shock to the team, they reverted some of the changes he had requested. You could tell that they weren't very confident. There wasn't a lot of vision for the game, said a former Blizzard employee. They were changing their minds a lot, something, sometimes without even giving things a fair shot, like over the weekend. This started to really slowly start to burn people out. In 2019, many Blizzard employees were disgusted by a version of the game's script. They repeatedly mentioned some really bad stuff that I'm not going to even get into here, uh, but it's really bad. Like It was a wow. really, really bad That's story wild. that they have going on. Um, you should go check out the article if you want more information here um, uh, over on the Washington Post from Shannon Liao. Um, but ending it out a little bit here, Diablo 4 has multiple internal unannounced release dates. At one point, 2021 was floated as an internal goal. A more specific date emerged, December 2022, after the title was publicly announced in 2019 at BlizzCon. Developers appealed for more time to avoid massive cuts to the game. After moving the date to April 2023, the team felt it still needed more time and was able to get the June date approved. The June date feels harder to move, several employees say. We're at the point where we're not willing, they're not willing to delay the game anymore. 
So we all just have to go along and figure out how much we're willing to hurt ourselves to make sure the game gets released in a good enough state. Vicarious Visions employees said no one could have predicted what became of Blizzard would entail. The ongoing lawsuits, the loss of the Vicarious Visions name and logo, and the allegations of how Jen O'Neill was treated. You're like, man, I feel like I'm working for the bad guys, said the female former Blizzard Albany employee. I feel like any work I do is tainted by this name. Oh, oh, Tim. What a absolute disaster. Yeah, that's a gut punch after riding the high of yesterday of us getting to share the preview of Diablo 4 and me and Joey's time with that. Then to hear what's happening behind the scenes is always something that is just a quick reality check of the true things that are going on, right? That company culture is not right. And it is heartbreaking to hear that the men and women, those human beings, those incredible developers are not getting the right work-life balance. They do not have the right culture going on in there. And that sucks to hear, especially with something like a franchise that a lot of gamers know and love to hear the behind the scenes stuff from this Washington Post honor. Absolutely awful and hurts to hear. Yeah, it's it's horrible. And, you know, uh, again, good work to, to Washington Post for bringing this to light. Um, as so many hardworking journalists out there have been doing over the last couple of years, um, you know, really kind of like bringing attention to things that really need it. You know, like you said, you wouldn't know if yep. these things weren't being talked about. And yeah, it's it's saddening to think that it doesn't feel like there's many things in place to like affect any change here Mm -hmm. uh specifically when it comes to activision with the amount of stories like this that we've heard um but yeah it's wild that it just feels like it continues and it seems like now all of a sudden the release date is just out there right Mm -hmm. as of my reports yesterday we didn't have a release date right we had the leak of a release date there was no concrete release date of hey here's the formal announcement now it looks like oh we are targeting june right and now from what we've heard on the backside. It's going to be a whole lot of crunch. It's going to be a whole lot of push for these developers to make that, which is very unfortunate to hear. And also to hear the timeline, right? You bring mm-hmm. up just the awful story ideas. Of course, the tone of Diablo being very dark. I can't imagine until I read that what that actually entails, because that's going to be some really dark and grim stuff, which is too bad to hear. It's, it's really Diablo. triggering things that are, are, yeah. are like the worst types of tropes that we should have moved on from a long time ago for, for stories like this, especially given the um the reality of yeah. the the workplace but um yeah there well, we go thinking about all y'all and story number three really more sad stuff here ign is part of ziff davis layoffs this comes from brendan seclair at gamesindustry.biz ign has undergone a series of layoffs according to a number of staff and former staff on twitter GameIndustry.biz understands that IGN's content engineering and ad sales teams have been impacted with the number of people out of work at least in the double digits The cuts are part of a larger restructuring across IGN parent company, Ziff Davis, with other business units also impacted. Representatives with Ziff Davis did not immediately respond to our request for confirmation and comment. A number of major gaming and tech press outlets have laid off staffers in the back back of this year, starting in July, with Polygon and other Vox Media properties, GameByte, and Game Informer. That was followed in September with cuts at Future and Fanbyte, and the recently relaunched G4. October continued the trend with the complete shutdown of G4 and a, com- and a number of editorial staff laid off at Vice. Oh, Tim, another tough one. You said this was going to be a hard day. I did not see the stories ahead of time, and that is tough. That is a, a very sad one to see, and we wish our fellow colleagues out there nothing but the best, right? You guys have done this before. Now here, I'm myself in the hosting chair, it is sad to see people in the industry lose their jobs right before the holidays as well. But wishing them nothing but the best. Keep your head up. And hopefully, you know, like we've done before with G4, maybe we can help 
in some way, you know. I mean, our our studios, whoever needs it. Honestly, yeah. that's how it always is. And um, this is super sad. And it's uh, you know, it's it's sad for the individuals here. It's sad for games media as a whole. It's sad to see that this is a a continuing trend that is is doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. You know, I, I feel like uh, just hearing rumblings about other places. It's like, oh, this we're not. There's not too much of an upward trajectory when it comes to um, the success rate of some of these things. And that's just fewer and fewer opportunities for any of these people to land on their feet doing this type of thing in the structure of an actual games media place, which, you know, getting it on the YouTube side is not what it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a it's a different game out there. And just the, even the market for games media is very specific. You know, there's a very specific audience that cares about what places like IGN do. So, um, heart goes out to everyone out there. This is such a bummer, and it, it sucks. That there's never a good time yeah, for, for this type true. of news, yeah, but never a good time. It feels like it always, despite that never being a good time, it always feels like it comes at Some, the absolute worst, worst time. time. Yeah, that's you know, yep. like God, the day, the day of the game awards. It's like ugh, we're supposed to be celebrating games today, but here we are. <sighs> well. If you want to support Games Media, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to help support us, to continue to be able to support people and bring more and more people on to Kind of Funny, help them out when necessary, and fund this whole thing. Uh, but for everybody else, here's a word from some of our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their holiday sales. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. The lost and broken coverage transfers to anyone you gift them to. They'll get great polarized shades and protection no matter what happens to them in the future. They stand by their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54 at ShadyRays.com using the code KINDAFUNNY, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Shout out to Factor for sponsoring this episode. We all got to eat, and sometimes having to prep that food is the one thing really getting in the way of your day. With the bustling holiday season well underway, ready-to-eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand. Factor shops, preps, cooks, and delivers to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan Plus, Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Factors cheaper than dining out and takeout, plus the money you save towards holiday fun and you time, and thanks to Factors commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful chef-crafted meals, guilt-free like their creamy Parmesan chicken and three-bean vegan chili. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been so thankful for Factors since we've been here in the new studio, and you can too. Head to go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 and use code kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code kindoffunny60 at go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we? 
Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. That's right, you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app we love using that takes care of that for us and it is called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. You can get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com kinda funny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. And we're back for the latter half of the show, Mike. We're, Let's bring up the energy a little it's, bit. It's too. a lot more, it's lighthearted. It's around. a lot more fun. All right. You, are, do you want me to bring up the energy, Mike? Give me the Uno reverse card and reverse this around, please. Because I have a surprise for you, Mike. Oh, okay. Yesterday. I saw something, and I was like, I have an idea to celebrate the Game Awards. Everyone's okay. like, oh, is Tim going to break a laptop and yes. all that stuff? You know what I mean? I'm Dump your to, coffee on your laptop right now, I'm not, trying to, right do now, not trying to do that. You know what I mean? It was do an it! accident. But do I was it! like, how can I show my excitement and my hype in a safe way for everybody to enjoy? Okay. So I bought a bubble gun. Bubble gun. I yes. hate you so I'm pretty much. sure we're going to shoot bubble bubbles, gun. everybody. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that, Tim. Yeah. I like this a lot. I've never used a bubble we're gonna gun. We're going to use this tonight There's at the Game Awards. Kevin, can I get my one, please? Can you read this to me, Kevin? 69 hole foaming. 69 hole foaming, everybody. Nice. Get ready. So Jeff, bring the heat for us so we can bubble it up, okay? <laughs> Dude, that bubble gun. Okay, Tim. Okay, Tim. You definitely gave me the Uno reverse card with yeah. that one. The bubble gun. Mm -hmm. Now, are we sure that if this gets in any electronics, it will yeah. not damage or destroy them? It's bubbles. I'm, we'll figure it out together. I like that energy. I'm more terrified that, like, it'll make the floor slippery and someone's going to fall and hurt themselves. Oh, Tim, okay. would you like me to set it up while you do the rest of the show? You know what, Kevin? I would love that. You may, Kevin. I would love that. Um, but before, well, now he's walking away. So we can just talk about this, and Kevin will we'll bring it up when, when, okay. he's, when he's back in there. But uh, we have a double dose of potentially leaked release dates. Obviously, oh. this is sad, you know, for oh. me. Where, where I don't I don't like the the day yeah. of the show, getting the, the leaks mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It's like, I just want to know that they're there. But here we are. Everyone's okay. talking about it. Hit me with these, the dates. These potential release dates for two major, major games. Okay. Um, which to me, like, again, sad that it's coming out now, but I look at it and I'm like, if this is what the Game Awards has, we might yeah. have a banger on Lay it on me. tonight. What do we got? Street Fighter Six release date Ooh. potentially leaked. This comes from Wario 64. June 2nd, 2023, according to PSN, uh, because there was a leaked image with all of the different collector's editions, um, including... The standard edition, deluxe, and ultimate, um, with all the different things that that come alongside that. So June, further than I would have expected for yep. Street Fighter Six, uh -huh. but exciting to know that like this seems legit. Like everything about this looks like we're probably going to get this date officially confirmed tonight. Mm -hmm. um, and 2023 is continuing to start adding up to just being an absolute banger yeah, of a I, year. I know our fighting game, Poppy, mm -hmm. Blessing at EOA Junior is probably very hype on the plane right now because I know he has been looking forward. Street Fighter 6, so that's exciting. And of course, yeah, a major letdown to see the release date come out beforehand with a hype trailer, a hype fun announcement, yeah. right? That would have been great. But you look at June, I mean, 
Blessing has been hyping up this game to all of us in the office. He has got myself. He's got Andy. He's got all of us excited to possibly bust out and dust off my fight stick and jump into this one with him, right? We talked about the fun multiplayer world, that kind of metaverse that they created. Mm -hmm. And I spoke about like, hey, I like this. I'm interested on in how you could elevate this, right? Sure, I might not be the biggest streeting or Street Fighter guy, more of a Mortal Kombat guy, but I'm willing to try this. And so June, yeah, far away. But you know what? Tim, time just flies when I'm hanging out with you and the gang. So I'm sure June will be here before no time. Exactly. Uh, and then the second one, Final Fantasy 16. Insider game in a uh, similar situation here uh, where we got some of the oh, PSN wow. stuff okay. for the, the different editions. Uh, but June 22nd, we're looking at, um, which totally feels right. I feel for Street Fighter 6, I would have bet an April or mm. May release mm. date. So June's a little later than I expected. And then for Final Fantasy, I was more May or June. So it's kind of right where, where I expected now, it to, to land. Now, hold up. I'm not the big Final Fantasy guy here. Mm -hmm. This one is definitely throwing me off. Now, hold, this isn't the MMO Final Fantasy no. 14. No. This is not DLC for that or anything. Mm -mm. This is not Forspoken. That was no, no, no. looking like for Final Fantasy. Maybe That's I don't, I don't know about that. Now, what is this? This, this is this already announced? I've never seen this one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, okay. this is the big one. This is the next flagship Final Fantasy game. Oh, we haven't had one of this level since Final Fantasy fifteen. Since the boys, uh, since the boys, the boys were in the trip. car. We had a good time. I had a good time with that game. But but this is important because so now Final Fantasy is at a point where there's the main core games, but then there's also the Final Fantasy seven remake, uh -huh. which yes. is like a separate separate thing. Like, that has the production level of a core game, but, you know, it's it's different. Final Fantasy 16, all eyes on this one for one specific reason. My it has Blitzball. No. Come on, Blitzball. Blitzball, though, Come baby. On. I Final like Blitzball. I'm a Blitzball guy. Um, no, 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 no. It's special because you know how much everyone loves Final Fantasy 14, right? Of course. The story, the yes. characters. The team that made 14 is making 16. Oh, but it's okay. not an MMO. It's a traditional single player Final oh. Fantasy game. So the story, characters, all that done by the team that everybody loves so much. Oh, that's exciting. So I'm very, very excited. Really? This one. Okay. okay. Were you big on the MMO? Because, you know, no, not at all. I'm a World of Warcraft no. guy. Were you ever big on the MMO? I don't do that shit. Okay. You know but you're mean? excited about the team behind the MMO making a single player Final Fantasy game that you love. Yes. Cool. Yes. Okay. Fighting like uh, Final Fantasy 15? The yeah, fighting more combat similar like that. that. Yeah, more, I like more that. action I like that based. Combat you know, a lot. Not full on action, but action okay. based. But yeah, very excited. For Chances that. that Blitzball does come back. Zero. Do people ever ask about Blitzball like myself? I mean, it's no. Okay. <laughs> no, Interesting. Th and there's okay. a reason though. It's because Final Fantasy X isn't in in the zeitgeist. Like people aren't really mm. talking. About, there's no re like seven. We hear about seven every goddamn day, yes. right? But that's because of the remakes, the compilation, right blah blah blah, all that stuff. Final Fantasy X isn't being talked about like that. However, okay. I'm convinced. Like, the, the gods have shined their light on me so many times, Mike, where when I've asked for something, it ended up happening. I would have never believed Final Fantasy VII Remake would ever actually come out and be fucking amazing. Oh. But they did it. And now I'm convinced at some point we're going to get either a Final Fantasy X Remake or a Final Fantasy X III, which I would be very fucking excited yes. about. Yes. And then, Mike, Blitzball will be back. Back on the big stage, baby. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it, Tim. I like that. Okay. Now, let me, let me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drop some crazy shit here, Mike. Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy X have always had semi lightly implied lore implications. Oh. That like they could be in the same world. There could be some stuff. And in Final Fantasy VII Remake, there's like even more evidence than God. we've ever seen. Really? So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if okay. one day we get a Final Fantasy X. 
that is more in the seven world. Some, oh, I don't know. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Hey, but we'll see. I, I love seeing you get excited. I, I like that. I am blown away by the Final Fantasy title and just all of the titles that they put out, right? I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy guy. I've seen some of them throughout my lifetime, but to see them still going strong, and now you're telling me there's different offshoots of it, I'm blown away by Final Fantasy each and every day. <laughs> I'm blown away. I love you, you so much, I'm not Mike. a Final Fantasy guy, but I'm blown away. You're just the fucking best. Now, Mike, let's continue the hype, all right? I was talking about the lights uh -huh. shining down uh -huh. on me. Yep. I would say the first time that ever happened, uh, another moment I just can't believe. Yes. The Bandicoot was saved. The Bandicoot right. was back. And that, that's now half a decade ago that this all happened, but the Bandicoot was saved. They came out with the trilogy. They came out with the remaster of Crash Team Racing. They came out with Crash mm -hmm. 4. Everything. Banger, banger, banger. All of them were great. Here we are on Game Awards Eve yesterday. Yes. Crash Bandicoot himself on Twitter said, so what's everyone doing tomorrow? I mean, just a perfect social media post to get us excited about Crash. I mean, what do you want, Tim? Dude. Do we want five? Do we want another kart racer type game? Could we get a party mode game like Crash Bandicoot meets Fusion Frenzy? Uh, maybe a Fall Guys Crash Bandicoot? What do you really want, Tim? So here's the thing, Mike. A lot of things I want, a couple things I really don't want. Okay, later. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be. Oh, that. it's going to be a been, mobile title. There's been a lot. I don't think it's going to be a mobile title. Okay, I, don't, I don't think that they would promote it this way if it was a mobile title. Okay. But. There has been um, a lot of leaks and in development kind of images of a game called Wampa League. Crash Wampa Bandicoot League. Wampa League, like Wampa, okay. the Wampa Fruits. Yeah, yeah, of course. That uh, seems to have been some type of multiplayer experience, maybe some form of live service game. Okay. All of this, I'm like, uh-uh-uh. I do not want oh. this at all. Okay. <laughs> like, this sounds okay. horrible. If it was a Mario Party type thing, like uh -huh. a Crash Bash, I'd be surprised. I don't think that... That's the angle that they're going to mm -hmm. go for this, mm -hmm. but but maybe. Um, but a Crash 5 would, yes. to me, be, like, my second most hype moment. Second? My first would be if we get a fucking Crash Team Racing. If they go all out. Oh, you want me, the kart oh, racer to be oh, back. Oh, dude, Crash wow. Team Racing is so goddamn good, and people okay. don't enough respect, especially Barrett goddamn Courtney. Okay? Interesting. Okay? I'm on the flip side, Tim. I want five. More than a Crash Team Racing. I'm not a big racing kart guy. I loved 4. Oh, my God. About the art book for 4. Sometimes I just get lost in those pages. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for saving the coot, y'all. And uh, I'm telling you, a 5 would be very hype for me. You know, Tim, in my lifetime, mm -hmm. there's been many dream jobs. Yeah. Right? I look back on my time and go, man, NBA play-by-play -play announcer would be fabulous. Working at Kind of Funny Games would be a dream come true. There's one job that has eluded me, and I don't think I have the chops for it. But I would love to be the man in the suit. I love that. And man. I've met that man. I've met that and man he many times. Perfect. He is. And I see him and I go, I couldn't fill your shoes, sir. And you're incredible. But man, oh man, would I love to don the suit one day. Mike, I want to let you know. Yeah. There's a little behind lay, the lay it on me. for everybody. Lay it on me. That it kind of funny live two. It must have been two. No, it was three. It was kind okay. of funny live okay. three. It was the year that one of these crash games was coming out. Okay. And my Activision PR Connect hit me up and was like, hey, is there any way we can help with Kind of Funny Live? I know you're doing stuff. We can time it with our uh, with the launch, whatever. And I was like, get me the suit. Bring the suit. Get, the, get me the suit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go come out on stage. <laughs> we'll blow it out. We'll do a whole damn thing. And I had so many yeses through the approval process. Wow. And then at some point, someone was just like, no. 
know. Oh. Like, we're not sending the suit to sending San Francisco. And I was like, come on. And anyway, it didn't happen. But They knew you would never bring it back. That's why. They were I like, Kim's never yeah. bring back the suit. Oh, I love man. that suit a lot. And it goes towards, like, Media Tonic as well. I want that Fall Guys suit. But, like, yeah, I see that guy in the suit, and I'm like, I don't know who, what your name is, but one day I'd love to meet you. That guy's the guy. That guy's the guy. Like, when you find that perfect piece of the puzzle, yeah. that guy's that guy. Now, so the thing is, with uh, Jeff and Crash, they've had a, a very wonderful relationship <laughs> the last couple of years. Like, we've been seeing a lot of the, um, the, the game announcements being made at the Game Awards for these Crash titles. Mm -hmm. And... On, on, admittedly, they've kind of ruined the surprise a lot. Like, I remember for Crash Team Racing, they, like, sent people, like, a PR package, like, the week leading into it. Oh. They kind of exposed that yeah, it was happening. I'm like, bad. what yeah, are yeah. you doing? Like, come on. Those are the giant fuzzy dice, right? Yeah, it was the giant fuzzy dice. <laughs> that was pretty um, cool. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I, I am on the Crash Bandicoot mail list. So you, I get... You're a big Crash I get, fan, right. I, I got to give a shout out to Activision for the amount of Crash love that they have. Like... I swear every holiday I get something. It's like, here's a Crash Bandicoot like like Christmas sweater. Here's Love a Crash that. Bandicoot like Easter koozie. And you're like, what the fuck's happening? But like, shout out to you. I didn't get anything this week. So okay. I'm interested. Like, what does that mean? But I'm I'm hoping that uh Crash Five would be absolutely insane. But Crash that would be or the cart racer would be the, the things that I want the most here. Okay. Can you really quick, I don't want to rush our stories. I don't want to hold us up, I should say. Can you give me a breakdown of the development team of Crash, though? Because I believe when the Activision Blizzard stuff mm -hmm. happened, didn't we lose that team? Did we still have that team? Are they working on that game? I thought they were working on Warzone. What was happening with so that? So it gets really complicated. We touched on this a little bit, unfortunately, in story numbers. Yes, I, I see that's why I'm asking. Yeah. That name, yeah. So... There was uh, of Activision. There was uh, the whole bunch of the the like the, the smaller scale quote unquote studios where there's Raven Software. There was NeverSoft, the Vicarious Visions, Toys for Bob, Beanox, High Moon, all of those. Right over the years, one by one, they kind of got like pulled Ooh. pulled out. Ooh. Yep. There was the platformer group of them. So the ones working on Crash or Spyro. Um, I guess even Tony Hawk, you'd add add to that. Were those teams pretty much like? Ship, shifted like game to game which one they were working on whether it was a remake the new game or the kart racer all that stuff so um toys for bob uh, vicarious visions completely shut down they're just working on overwatch call of duty stuff mm -hmm. toys for bob still exists okay. uh, as far as i know um as toys for bob i think they are still they are assisting on um the the shooters but i do think they have the capacity to be working on a new game okay. um, i would have bet it being a spyro game we were more Talk about um, the dragon returning. Yeah, we were teed up for for the for the dragon man um, because we got the reignited trilogy, but we never got a Spyro four. So, looking at everything that they've done, I would have imagined that would have been next. But here we are with this. I don't know. I could see it being a Toys for Bob thing, um, depending on where they're at these days. And then there's one other studio that I was, I guess it's Beanox. Beanox who worked on Crash Team Racing remake. I don't know their status right now, but I don't okay. think that they still exist. I think. I don't think they got destroyed. So, okay. it unfortunately, they're all support studios. Yes. But some of them still have their names as opposed to Vicarious Visions and Neversoft that just do not, not exist yep. anymore. So, okay. Yeah. Dash 5. Let's hope for it. Tim. Dash 5, baby. Put it out moment. in the world. Hype moment. Yep. All right. Final story. Less of a story. More of a little fun conversation. Our oh, final okay. moments mike as we lead into the game awards happening later today yes um jeff Keeley had a little twitter thread 
talking oh. about his, his final thoughts leading into, oh, okay. into the, the, the big night, all right? A few insights to think about as we get ready for the Game Awards. Tonight's probably the shortest show we've done. It will still run two and a half hours, but we've streamlined the runtime with more focused content, fewer, bigger sponsors, and some big theatrical moments. Okay. A shorter runtime means less potential to pick up viewers. We aren't expecting massive live stream growth, but feel this is the right move for the industry and franchise leading into our 10th show next year. Okay. The reveals are spaced out across the show, so we hope the pacing will feel good. There are lots of fun moments. We also held back surprise presenters, performers, and lots of games that aren't pre-announced. Like that. You'll have an opinion on the split between awards and reveals, the ads, the winners. We fully expect and embrace that. I hope you walk away feeling good and proud to be part of this community. The work done this year and the future of the medium is so incredibly exciting. There are games revealing tonight that I've been waiting to show you for years. We don't make the games, so we're only as good as what's shipping and what's ready to showcase. I do feel really good about this year's Ooh. lineup. Thank you for watching and supporting the Game Awards. Off to final rehearsal. Hell yeah, Jeff. Heck yeah. Fucking get it, man. This guy cares, and I know there's a lot of things to criticize. There's a lot of things to criticize about everything in the world. Yes, there is. Jeff Keighley's trying to put on a great show. Jeff Keighley's trying to make the industry uh, have a place that we can celebrate games, that we can showcase them and present them to the world in a way that we haven't had before. He's continued to do this year after year, show after show. And this one, the way that he's talking about this... Clearly listening to feedback, clearly getting defensive a bit about it, but I get that. I get yeah, where you're coming course, from, right? Kind of like trying to set the stage to lessen the blows. It's hard out there when everyone's pointing at you talking shit, all right? When, <laughs> yeah. when everyone's criticizing every single decision you make, too much of this, too little of that. Like, it gets difficult, yeah. all right? So for him to come out with this, I totally get it, but I am surprised at the same time. He's setting it up here, all right? He's, he's setting Teeing the stage up. for this one being a good one, so... I mean, I, I like that, Tim, and I, you said it so well, and I'll just piggyback a little bit off of it, and I think this is something that we've seen, Jeff. Every single, at the end of every conference he's done, from opening night live to the Summer Games Fest to here, he listens to people like yourself and the Kind of Funny team. He listens to the industry as a whole and takes in all that feedback, right? And I love that he's come out ahead of time and said, hey, we're, of course, listening. This is some of the improvements that we've made. We hope you enjoy this. We hope you like this. And, of course, we're going to move forward on this. This could be the year, Jeff, right? Next Summer Games Fest, competing against E3 as well, could be a banger. Opening Night Live the next year could be a banger. I love the small things that he's doing right now to try to tool and tinker with the formula that's already been very solid and, most importantly, about celebrating the industry and celebrating games and the people who make those games. That's why we're all here tonight is to celebrate and look back on a great year and many accomplishments that very hardworking human beings have put their blood, sweat, and tears into the things that we love. And that's what it's really all about. Exactly. And when you look at the show over the last couple of years, I feel like he, Jeff says it better than I could ever do it. There are games revealing tonight. I've been waiting to show you for years. We don't make the games, So we're only as good as what's shipping and what's ready to showcase. Like at the end of the day, you can only make a show out of what you're got. Correct. And making the show costs money. So that means on shows that don't have big banger announcements, you're going to have a lot of the sponsory stuff, and then it doesn't feel like it was worth it because there's not these the big tentpole announcements. Yeah. There is the potential for, for this year to have a, like at least enough of those. I like that he's even talking about pacing them throughout the show. I like the pacing. But take out 
The Game Awards are so many things at once. They're an award show. It's a celebration. It's also a place to announce things. Yep. And it's uh -huh. a marketing machine, right? Uh, a huge so the market. balance of all that's very difficult. And what people expect and want from uh, from it is there's never going to be consistency. Everybody wants a million different things, right? Correct. But I really love the theatrical presentation aspect of it that I think Jeff has only gotten better at. And the way that he truly celebrates aspects of video games with the uh, the Game Awards Orchestra the, the decision to a couple years back switch it that there is the medley of all the game of the year uh nominees and like their music gets played with an orchestra like that is absolutely beautiful that is such a cool thing the moment of having um the 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 big three get on stage together big that is something yep. only jeff Keeley could have pulled off and made happen and he did years ago that was special them talking about having pre presenters and things that we don't know about like I'm excited for this. Like Jeff cares about the industry, understands how to present the industry, and not everyone's going to agree with it. I fucking love it, and I can't wait for it tonight. Oh, Tim, I can't wait for you and Jeff to collide and create something dope together one day. Because I know one you day. will. <laughs> but you know, it's funny you bring that up, uh, Tim, because yesterday on the kind of funny X Cast, of course, we talked about the Game Awards and the Spike Game Awards, where it all kind of started, right? And I went back in the annals of the YouTube channels to mm -hmm. watch the original Spike. Game Awards in 2003. I watched some in 2007. I watched the first Game Awards in 2014. There is a clear growth and a vision of what that was and where we are today and how much better it has become. And I'll tell you, you go back to 2003, you are in for a different piece of media and that's something that you would be pleased to see at all. And so, yeah, what Jeff has done, where we're going, I'm always behind Jeff. I like what he does and I'm there for it. Yep, really, really exciting stuff for everybody but mike the game awards they're so far away so far away if yeah, i, I mean, want to know what's coming to mom and grop shops today where would i look oh my gosh tim i would point you in the direction of the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday Out today, we got Dragon Buster on PS4, Gambit on PC, Necro. Gambit, the X-Men. But the game. You wish. Uh, yeah. Can you, you imagine wish, a Tim. Gambit game? You wish, Tim. That would be so dope. Necro Bouncer on PC, the Rumblefish 2 on everything, and World Racing 2 Championship Edition on PC. A uh, little squad up for you. KI700 from the Reddit writes in and says, hey, guys, today is the final day. Of the kind of funny subreddit's predictions tournament for the Game Awards. Predictions is a cool feature on Reddit where users are given a thousand tokens that they can spend to predict who they think will win each category. The more tokens you use on a prediction, the more you'll win if you pick correctly. The tournament's open until 3 p.m. Pacific, which means listeners only have an hour or two left to participate. The Game Awards coverage will begin shortly after, and users will start to receive their winnings for the correct predictions. Ooh. Whoever does the best will be crowned the champion and may even get a special flair or other reward on the subreddit. They're still working on that. Oh, the results fun. leaderboard will be publicly visible if people want to keep track of who's winning while the Game Awards take place. To, par to participate, head over to the Kind of Funny subreddit at r slash kind of funny on the Reddit mobile app or go to reddit.com slash r slash kind of funny. The predictions tournament is the top pin post, so you can't miss it. Hope to see lots of best friends participating, and everyone at KF is welcome to play too. We've had six hundred over six hundred. Right, we've had over six hundred participants last year, but not even four hundred right now. It's time to show up. 
Hope all is well, and thanks in advance for taking the time to read this on the show. Of course, KI700, go over to the Reddit, go predict your little hearts out, and if you want some more predictions, we have not one, but two predictions episodes for you to listen to in the next couple hours before the show starts, if you are so inclined. We have our Gamescast special from a couple weeks ago, predicting the winners of every category, and then this week, we just uploaded our predictions of the announcements that are going to be made. Mm. Did we get a little wild with it, Mike? Did we predict a whole bunch of shit that probably has no chance of happening bring back the squirrel absolutely bring back the squirrel i don't even know what you're talking about there's bad fur day everybody wants it i'm here in the phone ring that's what they They want want it I fucking hope we get Conquer's Bad Fur Day in any way, shape, or form. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be me and Andy hosting doing um, the, 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 breakdown the breakdown of everything that yeah. we saw uh, tonight at the Game Awards. So stay tuned. Normal time, 10 a.m. live. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games or twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. But the fun is not over today. We're about to do a couple hours of streaming and then hanging out all night for the Game Awards, the biggest night of the year for video games. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. But until then, Mike, it's been our pleasure to serve you.